if we are just beings that want to consume inspiration and never do something in return it's going to eventually create a void because that inspiration wants to go somewhere hello everyone welcome to radically loved radio i wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired get motivated or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom, Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, that might have been our best one. <laughs> oh, we even harmonized a little bit. Well, I feel like should, we did. Should do a little karaoke song. Oh, uh, yes. Welcome back to everybody that uh, is consistently here. Yay, thank you for coming back. Here supporting the show. Uh, Tori and I, if you're watching this video, we're playing around with the setup since we've not really been at Mod Pod Studios, but we will be going back. But for now, I have to say it's really nice to be able to record at home. Your beautiful Uh, space. Yes, I just, I love my little sanctuary. So uh, that's why you see some different situations happening here. Uh, That being said, I'm really excited to be here today with Tessa and we are going to be, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was this idea, and she doesn't know what we're gonna talk about because I'm just gonna tell her right now, it's a surprise for everybody, drum roll. Um, How sometimes we can see somebody else somebody else's life, living their life, and we want to emulate them or we want to Mm -hmm. live their life. And it just seems like their life is so much better or more fulfilled than ours. Do you, have you ever? The grass is always greener syndrome. Yeah. All the time. This is what (laughs) I want to talk about today. So I read this Mm -hmm. passage in uh, our guru, Mark Nepo. <laughs> Love it. And I wanted to read it because it really spoke to me, especially right now, going through a situation where there is disappointment in people's behaviors. And sometimes we put people on pedestals and you get let down. And I've been, you know, working through this this is something that i've been through um several times in my life with people in my life and i learned from a long time ago that what is it tessa you've heard this from me for so many years don't put people on pedestals why i mean because we're all human and we all make mistakes you know and um especially those that we hold up on pedestals as these Um, angelic, perfect examples of who we should be, could be, 
eventually their humanness will come through and they will disappoint us. Yes. And not to sound morbid or to sound pessimistic, like I know I know that every everyone is flawed. We all have our own things that we don't show the world mm-hmm. because they may be unsavory. I know that it's, it's definitely true for me. There's parts of myself that are unpleasant and most of the time what we're showing the world is not we're not showing the unpleasant things we're only Mm -hmm. in my experience we're only showing what is the highlight reel and so whenever we see somebody else's life we're either on social media or be it another way we often have that comparison comparison is the biggest joy kill I think about this and I thought about it so much that I wrote about this in, in book and the whole, the concept is about how we can sometimes waste too much time looking outward mm-hmm. when really what we need to be doing is looking inward and instead of comparing somebody else's outsides to our insides we can reflect and put our attention and energy into the things that make us happy and that bring us joy. Mm -hmm. And so with all of this going on, I opened this book, the Book of Awakening, and I read this passage and it just spoke directly to me and I I wanna discuss it. So I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll begin by reading it. As the moon brings sun to those turned from the light, the open heart brings love to those struggling through darkness. It is important to remember here that the moon is not the source of light, but a reflection. And likewise, a magnificent, as magnificent as the heart is, it is not the source of love, but a conveyor of forces often out of view when we are struggling. I have come to realize that the people I've admired throughout my life, the ones I've tried to emulate, were all like the moon appearing in the night. And though I secretly wanted to be like these wonderful people, it was their openness that allowed them to shine in the middle of my darkness. An openness I didn't need to copy or envy, just uncover in myself. Mm-hmm. The way that it's, that it's posed there, my translation, my understanding is that what we admire so much about other people is not necessarily the fact that somebody has something that I don't, maybe sometimes that's the case, but mostly their ability to live freely. That is where we, if we at one point or another felt incapable of doing that within our own lives, or Mm -hmm. we feel stifled or we feel bound in some way, looking at somebody else's freedom or somebody else's ability to live their dharma or their purpose either creates a inspirational response where you feel compelled to also carry in those footsteps or it deflates you it makes you feel defeated and it creates even a bigger obstacle to overcome because you will never be that person. And it's true. 
you will never be that person ever or path your life what is unraveling before you is unique to you it's unique to all of us so what happens when we can't see the inspiration that is there the freedom that is there and take that as something to feed us as opposed to something to deplete us and make us feel bad like what do we do in that scenario right mm, yeah it makes me think of the in the yoga sutras the four locks and the four keys and i always think back to that in terms of um the I, the construct of the grass is always greener the grass is greener but also in terms of jealousy because there is an underlying or maybe not so underlying but maybe more overt layer of jealousy at least that I experience when I'm in that state of this person has that level of fame or that level of wealth or that level of freedom. And I feel like I don't, and that's something that I want, or I just desire. And the four locks and the four keys is, uh, and the yoga sutras is just a, a nice reminder of like a, a, a way to pause and consider that person's life is their life. And also we never know what they're going through emotionally. Maybe it looks great on the outside, but maybe it doesn't feel so great on the inside. Um, maybe they feel really lonely, right? Maybe all of that fame, wealth, and, and um, apparent freedom doesn't feel like that at all. Maybe it feels like um, a gilded cage. Yeah. And so we really just, we don't know, right? So it, reminds me to take that step to pause and to wish them well on their journey and to also recognize I have a lot in my life to be grateful for and I have come a really long way. So it's uh, an opportunity to acknowledge what you have accomplished, you know, what, what you can be proud of. Are there things in your life that you are just, well, even just answering that question, what are the things in your life that you're really proud of? Could you name three things? It's a great opportunity to, I think, distance yourself from that, um, almost like a lack mentality and return to what, what comes from within? What am I proud of? Who am I? And what do I want for myself? You know, these people that we put on pedestals are great, Rosie. I mean, I think you said it very appropriately. It's great when it's inspiring. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the purposes of this idea of um, something to aspire to, something to motivate us, the, yeah. the willpower to try harder, to make progress, to excel yeah. um, comes from, in part, the people that we put on pedestals are teachers. Uh, so it's, it's not a, it's not a way to invalidate that at all or say that it's wrong that you're having this experience, but just to remember that there's at least two sides to every coin. <laughs> it's so much more complex than it appears on the surface. Yes. I mean, I, obviously I, I can echo that. And I think the issue comes in when we don't act on the inspiration. The inspiration needs to go somewhere because then we just get addicted to the inspiration. And I think that that is where it becomes corrosive internally. Mm -hmm. If we are just beings that want to consume inspiration and never do something in return, it's 
going to eventually create a void because that inspiration wants to go somewhere. We have to give it a space to go. We have to give it an outlet of creation. We have to be able to give it an opportunity to express itself within ourselves or to other people, mm -hmm. or again, it becomes corrosive. So I'm thinking about uh, the trident, Shiva's trident, uh, that stands for truth, action, and knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, or truth, action, and wisdom. And I think about that every time I feel stuck or I'm feeling a little bit deflated or disappointed. And I think, what can I do? How can I take action? How can I uh, learn from this? And what is my will? I can become completely jaded. And I've had moments, stages in my life where that was me and I was very jaded and I became very closed off. But that's what happened. We then become very pessimistic and apathetic. And in my opinion, the op well, I have two separate opinions on the same topic, but it but the opposite of love is apathy mm. and that is completely insidious to our health our well-being our overall ability to uh become wise mm. to make decisions that are going to serve our highest good and help us propel our ideas and our dreams and our destinies forward mm -hmm. Um, not to say that when we're going through something, it's, it's not merited. Uh, again, people do shitty things. Good people do shitty things. Shitty people do shitty things. It, it just is part of us living in, in, in this life. That's why I believe strongly to never put people on pedestals, but the mm -hmm. whole idea But the concept I believe that is most important is what, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to process it? Because processing it is important. And not everybody is of that same mindset. I can, I can move on from it. I, I can process something and then move forward. And I am, I like, I love people and I grew up around people that were extremely flawed but I loved them still, mm -hmm. especially because some of them were my family members. So I really understood the nuances that come with fucking up in life. I see the power of forgiveness and the grace that it takes for people to move past doing something that at one point or another was very hurtful for somebody else. But again, I am a person that comes from that idea that people can get better, people can do good, people can change. You know, they say, oh, some people can't change. Um, and, or the like, once a cheater, always a cheater. I, I don't believe in those things. I believe that we have, we have situations in our lives that, it's like life, if you don't bend, life will bend you. Hmm. Yeah. And those are the types of situations where these lessons will be presented to you as an opportunity to learn. And you're either going to take the lesson or you will continue 
to have to repeat the lesson. So it, I don't necessarily believe that somebody's innately just a bad person or they do mm -hmm. bad things. I think that perhaps they lack the capacity or the understanding to be able to see what is the lesson here and how can I move on from it? Yeah. And I also think that sometimes when someone has committed a wrong, the shame is so great that it's, it's so painful and it's so scary to, to ask for forgiveness. That fear of rejection is so, you know, it's, it's, it goes back to our um, roots as a human race. We, we survived by being part of our tribes and being in community with one another. And if you were rejected, obviously most likely weren't going to survive. So I get that basic human instinct to, to want to put your best face forward because you don't want to be rejected. And then when you make a mistake, that's like, you know, I mean, if anyone knows it, you know, when you made a mistake, right. You don't need someone else to be like, look, you really fucked up here. <laughs> Cause you're the first one that's going to tell yourself, man, I fucked up. Sometimes that shame is so great though, that it, it doesn't allow us at least in the moment, sometimes after reflection, sometimes it doesn't allow us in the moment to say, I'm so sorry. That was terrible. And I, you know, don't know what I was thinking or I do know what I was thinking. And it wasn't <laughs> the best decision yeah. I could have made, yeah. but I absolutely 100% agree with you that, um, people can change. People can fuck up big time and they can get better. And I, I don't believe that there is a bad person out there. And maybe this is the way that I was raised, um, having come from a home where my father was extremely abused as a child. He went through the foster care system and he, if he taught me anything, it was, you never know like what's made someone act in that way. Um, and if they're acting out in a particular way, it's coming from a place of, you know, pain. Oftentimes, if it's somebody that's being annoying to you or they're wanting your attention, right? They're wanting someone to pay attention to them. And so it, it, oftentimes we don't pause and, and put ourselves in someone else's shoes or just ask them like, what's going on? Are you okay? Do you need, you know, can I be there for you in any way? And I'm not saying it's that simple. I don't think it is, especially when you're talking about years of trauma and abuse. Um, but I just, I mean, I've seen so many people surprise me in such a good way. One of my dear friends, she said to me once, I'll, I'll never forget this. Give the person to do the oppor give the person the opportunity to do the right thing. We're so quick to judge, right? So if, if the right thing is giving them the opportunity to apologize or explain themselves, maybe that's the direction you go, but try not to, I guess my advice to myself and, and to other people out there is to try not to write someone off so harshly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we can really apply that in so many situations right now with the way that we have differentiating, differentiating views politically or what have you. I mean, there's so many different ways we can take this wisdom that I feel is an innate wisdom that we all have because we don't want to throw people away. We don't want to disconnect from people just because we don't agree with them or because they made a mistake.
This episode is brought to you by Thrive Cosmetics. I was at the grocery store the other day and when I was checking out, the lady who was checking me out asked if I had eyelash extensions and I was uh, so excited that she thought that I was wearing eyelash extensions when in reality it was just the liquid lash extension mascara by Thrive Cosmetics. In case you need a refresher, this is why Thrive Cosmetics is so awesome. Thrive Cosmetics products are made with clean, high-performance, skin-loving ingredients. Their clinically proven formulas not only highlight your best features, but they actually improve your skin over time. All Thrive Cosmetics products are formulated without parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. As somebody who's mostly vegan, this next part is so important to me. Thrive Cosmetics never tests on animals. They're Leaping Bunny and PETA certified as 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Thrive Cosmetics has a bold mission that's truly bigger than beauty. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. That means women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. Now, the Liquid Lash Extension Mascara is Thrive Cosmetics' best-selling product. I love everything about Thrive Cosmetics. Their products are the best I've ever used, and their bigger-than-beauty mission is truly inspiring. You're going to love them as much as I do. Visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash loved to get 15% off of your first order. This is an exclusive offer that you can only get here. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E. E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com forward slash loved for 15% off of your first order. Thrivecosmetics.com forward slash loved. Don't forget to check out their Bright Balance 3-in-1 cleanser as well as their Brilliant Eye Brightener. So good. I can't believe that summer is almost over. Fortunately, one of the perks of living in Southern California is that it lasts for a couple more months, weeks, months. And when it comes to dressing for the hot weather, I always like to find those pieces that I could just wear over and over so I don't have to think about anything. And that's where Faraday comes in. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. You know when you're searching for that ideal outfit, that set, that shirt, that dress, for me, it's the unit, it's the jumpsuit, something that feels like you've had it for years. Maybe it's a beautiful print that fits so perfectly that feels too good to be vintage, but it still kind of looks like it might be. Well, that's Faraday. And I know it's been warm, but I've been rocking that Overland Twill jumpsuit that I know is going to be my uniform for this fall. The jumpsuit has this really cool workwear inspired fit, and it feels like it's actually been worn in. Faraday is so confident in their quality that they have a lifetime guarantee. They'll replace or fix any clothes forever, no matter what. And to top it all off, Faraday is giving all the Radically Loved listeners 20% off, 20 to 0% off. So stock up on all your clothes this summer now. Head to FaradayBrand.com and use the code LOVED at checkout to get that 20% off of all of your gear this fall. That's code L-O-V-E-D at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand dot com for 20% off. This episode is brought to you by Ready Slim. Okay, I had an aversion to the name of this tea at first because I'm so, I have an allergy to toxic diet culture. But one thing that I will say using Ready Slim detox teas is that they are made with the highest quality. They're 100% organic 
and they boost your metabolism and help with digestion while also reducing bloating and gas. Ready Slim Detox teas are made with no fillers, no additives, and no laxatives, so they're safe to drink daily. Ready Slim has a 28-day detox tea kit for everything that you need. The Wakey Wakey Morning Detox Tea helps boost your energy levels to start the day off right. And their Snoozy Night Detox Tea, which is the one that I love, it's my favorite one. It helps you relax and it supports the natural detox process while you're getting your well-deserved beauty sleep. So you can say hello to a better and brighter you. And now for a limited time, you can save 25% off of your first order of Ready Slim's 28-Day Detox Tea Kit. Go to readyslim.com forward slash loved. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-I-M dot com forward slash loved. So you can get 25% off of your first purchase of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus a free collapsible water bottle. Readyslim.com forward slash loved. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now back to our show. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm... Not that I'm quick to forgive, but I'm definitely, uh, look, we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I get it. I'm, I'm flawed, just like the rest of them. I do not get it twisted. I have had a very colorful past and I, I just, I, I know my heart and I know my intentions and I would never do anything uh to hurt somebody that i loved and if i did i know that i would move mountains and uh part oceans to make sure that i made up for the hurt that i did with time you mm -hmm. know um and i think that if i wasn't given the opportunity to make a wrong a right then it it just what are you supposed to do you know this is a very mm -hmm. nuanced conversation because you think about different topics we're not talking about trauma we're not talking about uh you know uh, heavy topics we're, we're talking superficially about I, i'm and i'm calling superficial things like lying to your part doing something fucked up mm -hmm. you know like making a mistake cheating on somebody lying to a friend you know uh, I'm talking about these things that I know they're heavy and they're really shitty, but I have seen such miracles work in people's mm -hmm. lives that were open. People mm -hmm. that were just truly open to seeing the change in somebody. Like, I really believe it's happened to me. I've done it in my life. Uh, like I said, I have had a very colorful past and I I know that if I hadn't had the opportunity to make a wrong or right, then I would have a a really tainted belief on how the world viewed me mm -hmm. because that affects you. Because in a sense, to be in a place, now we're talking about forgiveness. I'm like, I don't even wanna, maybe that'll be a topic for next week. <laughs> But um, yeah, maybe I'll save that for for next the next next the next wisdom day. bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just coming back to the the reason why I say all this is because yes, yeah, somebody that maybe you admire or that you see that might have this outwardly wonderful looking life, 
could be going through a lot. So mm -hmm. I always say, I say, don't put people on pedestals. And I always say, be careful what you wish for, because there was this person uh, at one point in my life who uh, wanted desperately to be a friend of mine. She wanted to be my friend and was, had done some really, uh, she had done some stuff prior that didn't, uh, I'm trying to be really diplomatic about this because <laughs> I don't know that that person will listen to this podcast or not, but it was, um, she had done some stuff that was a little bit like sketch in my opinion. I didn't, there was some lying and there was some manipulating mm. uh, between another friend of ours. And I just, this, she was new, a new intro at the time into my circle. And I just, there was something about it after I confronted her about the lying, because I'm like, you are not telling the truth. And I'm all about a mindful, nonviolent confrontation. Uh, because that's just how I roll. And yeah, a couple of years later, we still we kept in contact, but we went out for tea and she basically asked, uh, very much wanting to get into the space of wellness and mm -hmm. wanting to start a podcast. She wanted to do this, the reason for the tea. And look, I'm all about helping people. I love helping people. I love supporting people. That's my job. That's what radical love is, right? It's like, I will support you. However, whatever I can do, I'll do it. Um, so even though I'm not necessarily best friends or even friends with this person, I agreed to go and, and have this meeting with her to help her with her ideas and, and whatnot. And uh, after we finished the conversation, we're, we're getting up and she basically said, you know, I just, what do I have to do to be your friend? Like, hmm. what do I have to do to be a good friend of yours? Because I feel like I, you're a type of person that I really want to be close with. Mm -hmm. And I was honest and I said, you know, it's going to take a lot of work on your part because I have a tinted view of you because of what happened before. And I honestly, I just don't know what that would look like, number one. And number two, oh, because she said, it seems like you're just like a really good friend and everybody, you know, your friends really speak highly of you and all this stuff. like. It was really nice. Mm -hmm. And I, I did say, I said, you know, don't believe everything you read, number one. And <laughs> number two is I'm not that great of a, I'm a great friend, but I'm also not the kind of, the kind of friend that she is looking for very clearly. It's almost mm -hmm. like being in a relationship, right? Like, I don't know after the, you go out on the date, you're like, I don't really know that there's chemistry here. I just explained that there, I think that her idea of having me as a friend was more exciting 
the idea than actually having me as a friend. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that fun. And <laughs> the type of energy that this specific person required, um, this is how I rate my friendships. You're either really high maintenance or you're uh, low maintenance or no maintenance, which is my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very much a no maintenance friend. Like we could drop off for years or two years and we can pick up right where we dropped off. Um, I don't require a lot of attention. Uh, if you need a lot of attention, you'll get a lot of attention if we're friends. Um, but that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a very like low maintenance, cool, easy, chill. We make plans and you have to cancel last minute or something happens like I don't care. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not a big deal to me. I'm not that person. If if there's a high maintenance person, high maintenance friend, find yourself some some good high maintenance other friends and have yourself some a few low maintenance friends too. Like mm -hmm. get a little uh taste tester platter. Mm -hmm. Um low maintenance friends, make sure you get a couple of handful, two or three high maintenance friends. Um, because it's nice to have that if the rest of your friends are low maintenance, you'll never see your friends. Like Tori is low maintenance and all of his friends are low maintenance. He never sees his friends for years. So it's like, there has to be a limit, right? There has to be some sort of parameter where you're mixing in a couple of those different flavors. I have a really good solid mixture of people. But for me, I'm the low maintenance. So I tend to veer towards the more low maintenance type of friends. And my high maintenance friends are very prevalent in my life. And I like to just keep those two and that's it. Like, and she really wanted to be in that circle. And I just don't have the capacity nor the time to be able to cultivate that relationship. So I said no. And there is a point why I'm telling the story. Uh, her feelings got very hurt. Mm -hmm. And the next day I got a two-page single-spaced email about why what I said was really fucked up. And I agreed, but I also responded with, this is my point. Mm -hmm. This is why I can't be your friend because you've written a novel and I didn't even finish reading it because I do not have time nor the desire. This is a taking relationship. You are taking from me because you're not, this isn't a relationship. Relationships should be give and take. There's gonna be people, oh, so I'll go back to the high and low maintenance friend. Your low maintenance friend is going to not take from you. They're gonna maybe even give you a little bit of energy little bit of prana your high maintenance friends are going to take but a lot of the times they're going to put energy back in mm -hmm. if you're invested i'm assuming that you're invested because you love them they're a high maintenance person that you're willing to invest the time in then great you're getting something out of it but if your high maintenance friend is high maintenance and all they're doing is taking 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 then you got to cut that shit out like that's mm -hmm. not can do it's not helpful for anybody it's not adding to your life it's not adding value. And I hate to, to merit relationships like this, but really this is 
life that are going to fill you with prana, with vitality, and people that are going to take, that are going to plug right into you and suck the life out of you because that's what they do. That's what they've done their entire life. That is their pathology. You will not change it. Uh, they can change it if they realize it, but that's really your call. You have a choice. So I made a very, uh, very uh, grounded and clear choice. And I responded and I said, I didn't even finish this email. This is, uh, this is not the way that I have relationships and I'm really sorry and I wish you the best. The end, never talk to her again. Actually, no, I have, again, just me being a nice person, there was two different projects that she was working on that I helped her mm -hmm. just as a nice person that I was just like, hey, yeah, no worries, here's this contact or here's this person that you can reach for that information, no problem. I have no problem helping people but the, the issue was, and the reason, the point of my story was that she viewed me as this person that was spoken of a certain way by a mutual friend of hers, that I was a very good friend, that I was reliable and all these other things that I think are so strange um, because I'm like not tooting my own horn. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's strange. It's like, I don't think about what I do for people. I just think about their people that I love and that are in my life and I just do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the point is, yeah, this facade, there was a little bit, oh, and the other thing was that she brought up that she was a little bit envious of my life. And I, and during that entire tea, meeting which i'm realizing now was really all about her we just talked about her the entire time uh so it was really a coaching session i guess mm -hmm. um, which again if you have these conversations with your friends that's what it is but it's give and take give and take so going back to what i was talking about in the beginning us being human us being flawed us making mistakes i think it's important for us to really gauge it's like check check yourself at the door mm-hmm yeah, so true. Oh, several things. First is um, from the lens of someone who I totally empathize and I can appreciate uh, the high maintenance and low maintenance scale. I consider myself a very low maintenance friend as well. And I tend to, I almost feel like I attract high maintenance friends because they see in me, I don't know, maybe something that they want to emulate maybe. Um, I'm just pontificating. I'm not sure if that's even true. <laughs> so, so I feel like there is sometimes, you know, the saying opposites attract in, in a friendship like that. Maybe that is the attraction. And I also think about personality types, right? I mean, does it, <clears throat> I was thinking about this in terms of a conversation I was having with my sister the, the other day, she was saying to me, you're so adventurous. Wasn't that scary? We were talking about something I did in college. And I said to her, I think that my sense of adventure is stronger than my sense of fear. Uh, and, and I think that's true. I think that's a personality trait that I have that things scare me. This, this, I get scared about things all the time, but I have a way stronger sense of adventure and I don't say no to the things that scare me in contrast to I think about my sister's personality. She's She's got amazing attributes. She's so crafty and so smart and beautiful. And she also, um, it seems like says no to the unknown a lot because her sense of fear outweighs her sense of maybe adventure. 
So um, in terms of relationship with one another, do we seek the things that we feel we may be missing in our personalities? Um, but yeah, I think that's such good advice just to circle back to the high maintenance, low maintenance, to think about the relationships in your life that are giving you energy. Um, and how much energy are you putting into it? Does it feel fair? Uh, and do you feel like when you're in need of, of energy coming to you, do those friends bring that to you? Such a valuable question to ask yourself in terms of evaluating all relationships in your life, your family, even taking it, taking, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, go for it. There, there's an inventory that happens and I, I do it probably more often than I should. And not, Mm -hmm. not that I'm listing people, what they did or didn't do, but I'm very hyper aware when a relationship is asymmetrical, I feel it in my body Mm -hmm. and it takes me years. It's not that I feel it and I run away the minute that a friend has a problem because I'm a ride or die. Like that's, that's my template. And that's maybe the reason why my friend circle has been as small as it has been and and for as long as it has been. I mean, I I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but a lot of my friends are friends that I've been with since I was a kid. Like there's a lot of those friends mm-hmm. that I still have to this day and they will be with me forever. I mean, that's just, you know, we have nothing in common, but we're we still get together, we still talk, we still make an effort and uh but there is very much that awareness um I'm not one to flee when things get rough. I'm a, I'll stick, I'll stick with you. But after four or five, six years, seven years, if I notice that we only had that one good year and Mm -hmm. the rest of the five years were really just me being there for you and you not being there when I needed you, then yes that relationship lasted way longer than it should have. And it's time to release that relationship out into the world because Mm -hmm. it's not serving you. And I do believe that you outgrow people. And again, going back to my childhood friends and there's people that, yeah, I'll be friends. I'll be there. I'll show up. They call me in the middle of the night or they call me now to show up for them. I will show up because you have, that's more of a sense of loyalty more than anything more than oh we know each other's if you need me i will be there for you um and it 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 just i think that what you're saying like i know you're not making a list but really assessing your relationships to where people fit into your life and where you fit into their life a lot of the times people don't think how am I serving this relationship? Most of the time we're just selfish and we're thinking about how it serves us. What is our relationship bringing to the table? How are you helping me? What do you bring to me? How do you make me feel good? How do you uh, help me through my issues? How do you be a good friend to me? Mm-hmm. We're more equipped to say what we want or need than coming into a relationship, us taking the onus, taking the agency and showing up and saying, hey, I'm a really loyal person and I'll really show up for you. I'll do my best to be a good listener, to be an active listener. I will do my best to be open when you have a situation that you can't figure out. And I will love you unconditionally no matter what you do or what happens. 
that's different than mm -hmm. saying, hey, you seem like a good friend, aka, you look like somebody who I can plug into. I mm. want to be your friend. Yeah. No, mm. not okay. Not interested. No, thank you. Not for me. Um, I wish you the best. Mm. And mm -hmm. I really hope that you find what you're looking for. Because I'm not that person. And at least if we're clear what our own parameters are, what our own limitations are, what our own boundaries mm. are. That's the key. That's the key. It makes <laughs> it easier to be yeah. able to navigate. And this actually ties into the fallen idols conversation that we were having. It's it's what we love about other people, right? The we're seeing the reflection of the sun on the moon mm -hmm. and we say, I want to be the moon. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's so bright and beautiful and bold and free. But what we're really seeing is the reflection of the sun. Mm -hmm. And how do we take that one step further and look within ourselves, in our own sunlight, our own freedom, our own ability to be that beautiful and unique person and show up in other people's lives? Like, what if that was our intention instead? How do we show up as the sun in other people's lives? Mm -hmm. I love that. It's a good question. Um, and I don't have the answer. <laughs> But it, all the things that are, you are saying um, are making me reflect on the book that I keep coming back to. I kind of use this book similar to the, our Mark Nepo, um, and it's the Dharma of the Princess Bride, because first of all, the Princess Bride is probably my all-time favorite movie, and um, I just love it. <laughs> and there's so much great wisdom in this book. Oh, and goodness, if so I much. could just share a, just a tiny little... Passage because it, it does relate. You know what I think? I think this relates to if I had an answer to that question, how do we show up as the sun? This would be the answer. <laughs> Here we go. The purpose of meditation. So this little section's entitled Embracing Aloneness. The purpose of meditation is to learn to be truly yourself. But if you want to be yourself, you have to invest considerable training in being with yourself. As I have discovered through my own struggles, if you don't set aside time getting to know your mind directly, then in the process of others, your sense of self will get increasingly confused. So without mindfulness, you will always be constructing your sense of self based on others' perceptions. I mean, I could stop there, but I think this next section is important in just tying up this conversation. And it is, why is this externalized experience of self a problem? Like, why is it that it's a problem that we look at others and idolize them? Because you can't ever really know for sure what others think of you. You receive only occasional feedback, gestures, glances, comments about who people think you are. These external messages are always subjective. They're momentary. They're indirect. They're received in pieces, brief exchanges, fragments of interactions. So we really have to spend time with ourselves and, and be confident and know who we are, regardless of what other people say. That way we don't get confused is the hope, right? Yes. <laughs> and learning how to be with ourselves. I have nothing else to add to that. I think that's 
Well said, and what a great way to end this session of Wisdom Wednesday because it feels good. And I hope again that this serves you that are listening in some way, shape, or form. And if it does, please share it with your friends or a family member or let us know what you thought. Send us an email or tag us on Instagram. We really love to hear how this lands with you. Is it helpful? Can you relate? Is there a situation? Maybe there's a story you want to share. Um, you know, I was thinking, Tess, it'd be really great for those devotees of Wisdom Wednesday. That's interesting. Just so we, we know, we're getting big downloads for these Wisdom Wednesdays. So we're doing something right. Yay. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be, be great to maybe get a listener in on one of these so we yes. can, yeah, like have a live discussion. So literally just thought about that now. So if you're listening to this and you want to come on the show on a Wisdom Wednesday podcast and have a discussion with Tessa and I about a specific topic, send us an email at info at radicallyloved.com. Send the subject Wisdom Wednesday guest and uh, we'll we'll sift through the emails and um, tell us number one, what your first and last name is, where you're from, and how you heard of the podcast and what your favorite episode has been. There's a lot of homework. You can't just get on. (laughs) Um, You have to work for it. Yes. Um, And what topic you want to discuss just so that we know what you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So yes, follow the directions. The directions will be in the info button of this podcast. We'll make sure that um, our show notes team gets that on there. And uh, that's it. We hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll be back on Friday. So thank you so much for joining us. And we uh, will be back next week for Wisdom Wednesday. But don't forget to check out this Friday's episode. The guest is truly incredible. She was one of my teachers. And the conversation that we have was right after the conversation we had on the podcast for this Friday was happened right right after i had covid so it was like my first interview and the topic we talk about is anxiety and it was definitely one of my favorite conversations i've had to date so be sure to check that out thank you all so much and don't forget that you are radically loved we love you thank you hey everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode i am so excited to continue to do this please share this with your friends Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.